and welcome to the Victorious Living Christian Counseling Podcast. My name is Crystal Ridlin, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Indiana. And I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Missouri and in the state of Texas. This is a podcast that's based from a Christian worldview that utilizes the approaches of psychology, the Bible, and the Holy Spirit as a means of helping lead people into healing. This is the very foundation of my practice as a counselor in the office and what I do on my podcast and on my YouTube channel. So one thing that I've heard people say about my approach as a counselor is that I'm not sterile and I actually interact with people. I'm relational. I'm not afraid to enter into the mess of people's lives. Well, that's not true. Sometimes I am afraid, um, but I've learned that I don't have to do it in my own power, that the Holy Spirit goes before me. He leads the way. He guides me. And I'm not alone. I always say there's at least three people in every counseling session that I have. It's myself, at least one other person, and the Holy Spirit. And that is a beautiful combination for healing. So today, as I was thinking about what should I talk about on my my next podcast, I decided to talk to you about anxiety or our thinking processes. And this is a topic that I've touched on a lot um, over the past several months because it's a it's a very real problem. I've yet to meet one person who doesn't have any anxiety. And if they say they don't have any anxiety at all, that's a therapeutic tell as well. (laughs) There's always something that we're going to struggle with in this life because it's very hard and it's very painful. I kind of mentioned to you guys in my last podcast about some fear and some trauma that we've encountered as a family with my daughter's medical condition. And um, this week, was just kind of a rough week for me. Um, Just anytime you go through a medical trauma like that, it's going to have a significant impact on you um, and on those around you. And so, um, but as I was like going through some hard moments, I wasn't even aware in that in my unconscious, there were some thoughts that was provoking a lot of uncomfortable and difficult feelings. And so thankfully, I was able to, in these moments of sadness and discouragement, I was able to to continue praying and processing. And in my small group at church and um, with, several of my close friends that I would talk to and my husband, like I was able to make some sense out of the struggle. But as I worked through this, I was shocked to really see that at the core of my struggle was actually a lot of negative thoughts. They weren't overt or in my face, but they were there nonetheless. One of the things that I recognize was that I felt alone, even though I wasn't. I felt alone in my struggle. 
I was worrying about things that I shouldn't even be worried about. Um, things like feeling like I was not doing life well as a mom, as a wife, as a counselor, as a friend, just feeling like, and everything has kind of taken a hit because anytime you go through a medical trauma, any kind of really difficult situation in your life, it is going to impact your output and your motivation and how well you do things. But the way that I was interpreting it was in thoughts like, maybe not even necessarily you're a failure, but for a lot of people, that's a thought. But what I found is Satan usually uses even more sly methods with me because I'm able to catch those quickly. Um, it could be things like, wow, that kitchen's really dirty and you're not, you're not holding your own. Or it could be things like, you know, you're just not on your game in the counseling office. It's not there. Um, you're not spending enough time with your kids. Um, just all these things that I wasn't even really aware of that was really impacting me. Um, but then there were also some fears that I had based off of the trauma that occurred during probably the worst part of it, the most scary part. Um, and so there was a lot of this processing that I had to do. And, um, but as I, I came to realize Satan, and I already know this, but I've come to realize this, that Satan has an agenda and it's a very sly, very manipulative, and it's really hard to recognize. I can recognize it more easily as a counselor in other people's lives because it's what I do. I, I have a front row seat to the way that Satan impacts people, but it's really hard to be able to recognize it in my own life. And so that's the one thing I wanna um, just kind of talk to you about today is like, how do we recognize when we're going through some kind of spiritual battle or an oppression and it's, it's coming across through our mind and our thinking? And, um, you know, it can bring us to some really dark places and that's not comfortable. Right. So I think one thing is to remember, we think what we think, which causes us to feel what we feel, which causes us to do what we do or choose what we choose. Right. So if we think things like, wow, the kitchen's dirty and I'm just not good at this or I'm not good at being a mom or or wow, I got a bad grade and that means that I'm never going to succeed or I'm going to always be a failure. Or this person didn't text me back or call me back and therefore they must not love me. They must, you know, I must not be important to them. Um, another way is maybe you're looking for a job and you keep getting rejection letters and it may have nothing to do with you. It's just the people that you're applying for don't know you personally or but when we get the rejection letters it's like see you're a failure nobody wants you so there is a lot of these ways that that satan attacks our thoughts and it it really has a huge impact on us and i'm seeing all kinds of ways where 
Satan is directly attacking our kids, directly attacking our kids. And he's using these mediums such as the computer, the smartphone is a big one, um, and the people that they're texting. I'm hearing so many students recently who are saying they're, they're literally going through depression because they don't understand why people don't text them back. Because for them, that's, and even for me, as a grown woman who is a counselor and really understands these things, if somebody doesn't text me back, it can really take a toll. And so I have to be um, aware of that and just realize that, you know, sometimes I don't text people back because I get really busy and um, life's what happens. And it doesn't mean that people don't like me or that I'm not important, right? So there's this whole world that we experience due to even things that are supposed to make our life easier, technology. And so I think it's important that we're aware of how Satan comes at us because this has a tremendous impact on our entire lives, how we feel, our relationships, um, how we're able to function in our everyday life. And so it is very important. So as I was thinking about this, we think what we think, right? It's all about thinking about what we're thinking about. As silly as that sounds, if we don't really think about what we're thinking about, we don't kind of step back and kind of, one way to do this is by writing out what your thoughts are. Because if you write out those thoughts, there's something very cathartic, very therapeutic, and very healing about this because now it's not just this poison that is residing in our spirits, but wow, we see I am a failure on a piece of paper. And immediately that's bringing it into the light, the darkness that is in our spirit. And so the Bible says the truth shall set you free. And so if we're able to pull these negative thoughts out of ourselves then we're aware of them. They're not just this like poison that's in our spirit, but we can pull them out, write them out, and then be able to speak truth. One way that I love doing this is finding a Bible verse that goes along with each of the negative thoughts. Like if we're a failure or if um, we feel like nobody loves us, right? So there are like scriptures that directly contradict these negative beliefs. So, for nobody loves us, it's for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whosoever shall believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Wow. If God loved us so much to send his son to die for us, we must be pretty loved. In fact, if Jesus was willing to die on a cross for those who persecuted him, and ridiculed him and denied him and still out of love take our sins upon himself and face and a painful death on the cross because of his love for us so if we can just write these things out we can see that there is nothing true about us not being loved Yes, there may be somebody who isn't returning a call or somebody who's not texting us back or somebody who's, 
you know, maybe we have parents who are very selfish or maybe we have children who are grown now and they don't really talk to us as much. Or maybe we have, we go to church and it feels like people aren't really reaching out to us and engaging with us. There's all these things that are going to happen in life. And if we don't have a, a true understanding of our how much God loves us and our worth and our value and our identity is in him, then when we face these difficult situations and we will face them every single day of our life, I can promise you this, we're going to be completely shaken. Um, recently, one of my teenage sons came to us and asked for a phone and he was very responsible. He's been doing great. Um, and so he gave us all these reasons for why he thinks he should have a phone. And we were like, you know what? We agree with all those reasons. Now let me tell you my concerns. And it's out of love, right? And this is where I explained to this child that I'm like, a lot of times teenagers' self-worth takes a huge hit just because of things that we wouldn't even think, things that you're not even thinking about. But like maybe... People don't actually have to be mean, although sometimes they do. They do bullying on text messages. But sometimes it's a, a lack of a, a good response on a text or a, you know, maybe somebody forgets to text or maybe they just don't care about texting back. And what ends up happening in that child can actually create a vacuum for disappointment and rejection. And that is where Satan begins to say, oh, they're weak. And so I'm going to come in strong, okay? This is what's happened recently with me, is that with this experience I've had when, and with this medical trauma with my daughter, it was very scary, and I'm still working through it. And um, But that it weakened me. And in those weak moments, Satan came in and, and was darting, these negative thoughts into my into the deepest parts of my soul because that's where he knows he can make us stuck. And that's why it's so important to talk to people, to find a counselor, and to begin pulling up those thoughts, even though they're painful. And sometimes, most of the times, it's going to involve some tears, and that's okay. We don't have to be afraid of tears. I remember... Um, when I first started as a counselor and people would cry, it would make me very uncomfortable because nobody likes to watch anybody cry. Nobody wants to see somebody hurt unless there's something really wrong with their mind. But what I saw this over a period of time is they come in crying, but they leave rejoicing. And I tell every single person on their first day when they're crying is there's a box of tissues and you're going to use a lot of them up front. But by the time it's ready for you to fly, you will either be using none or you will be using a few because you're now moving to a place where you can cry tears of joy because you're feeling God's healing, Christ's victory over your life and no longer feeling stuck. And that's true. That's one of my favorite parts of my job. So now I can sit with people in their pain and empathetically feel it. Because I know that the process of feeling it and, and bringing these things up and being aware of what 
these negative thoughts that Satan's using to keep us trapped is actually leading them to abundant life. And in God's word, it says, I have come so that they will have abundant life, right? Friends, I don't know about you, but I know much of my Christian life has not been spent living life abundantly, but living life just to get by or just just enough to be able to pay the bills and, and to really keep people from absolutely hating us. But it's really not about surrendering, but it hasn't been. There's been times where it hasn't been about surrendering everything to Christ. And I'm, I'm working through that. This weekend I went to a conference and um, it was so cha- it was challenging for me and it was encouraging for me. And um, one of the things was the lady who spoke, Debbie Stewart, she um, talked about um, the prodigal. And one of the things she said is just how difficult that time was for her when she watched a loved one suffer consequences for poor choices and didn't know how to save this her son and um but she said that she learned that she had to to fight her battles in prayer so she challenged us to spend um 20 minutes for the rest of your life and i was thinking about i really try to get into my word every day um but it requires discipline it requires me having to get up early, it requires me having to, you know, shut off all social media. It requires sometimes it even requires me saying to my kids, "Hey, um, I'm going to need you to go read a book because mommy is reading my Bible." Um, but it does require a lot of forethought. It's not something that it's just for whatever reason it's not easy. It's our flesh that that wants to take over. And the Bible says, "The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak." And I think, um, so today I got up and I actually made my bed because of another challenge. (laughs) Somebody at my group this week was saying that if you make your bed every day, then that's something that you can say you've, you've been successful at. So anyway, so today I made my bed. If, if you, um, lived in my home, you would know what a miracle that is because personally I only make my bed if somebody's coming over. (laughs) Usually my husband sometimes will make the bed a lot more than I will. But anyway, so I made my bed, and then um, I put a chair in my bedroom so I could have a, a little place just by myself with God, a little in the corner, the little end table, and I just spent probably 45 minutes today with God and reading His Word and listening to some worship music, and it was very, very uplifting. So it really does make a huge impact. Friends, The reason I do what I do is the money's nice. I get paid for it, which is really cool. But if I didn't get paid for it, I would still love my job. Sometimes I actually forget. Most of the time I forget to collect payment because I just love my job so much. It doesn't feel like, you know, I have to, (laughs) it doesn't really feel like I'm working. That's a great kind of a job. So anyway, um, I was thinking about a verse that would help us with this whole concept of what we're thinking and thinking about what we're thinking. And um, I, I was led to Psalm 139, which is one of my absolutely favorite passages. And in this passage, he says, 
You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. So God knows what our thoughts are. Before we even say a word to him, he already knows what we're thinking. He knows what our intentions are. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. This is like you were about halfway through the psalm. It's an amazing psalm. It's full of so many things. And I was just thinking as I was reading it, man, had I read this out loud and made this a prayer during some of those dark moments I had last week, what a difference it would have made. Instead, I kept looking in inward into myself, into my pain, into my struggle, into my fear. And if I would have just said, okay, God, here's where I'm at and I'm scared and started reading this, immediately it starts to change the brain makeup in my mind and starts to help me to see God for who he really is instead of how I'm feeling in the moment. It's pretty powerful stuff. Um, God's word always is. So then he goes on to say, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are my thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked away from me. You who are bloodthirsty, they speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. And then here's my favorite, one of my favorite verses that always seems to check my motivation, where my heart is. And it says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Wow. That is a powerful, powerful verse. And the times whenever I have been caught up in my flesh and I pray this prayer and I think about this verse and what it means and say, God, show me 
my spirit. He helps me to see areas where I was wrong when my pride was like ruling me. He helps me to see areas where I need to be compassionate and empathetic, where I may have been a little too um, to the point and direct. He helps me to be able to communicate with my husband during a conflict. He helps me to be able to figure out how to communicate to my child in the midst of a teaching or discipline session in a way that pulls them closer to me rather than pulls them and pushes them away from me. This verse, if we really put it into practice, this whole chapter, especially this verse, will change our life. Because now we're thinking about some really neat things. This week, as I was listening to some dear um, sisters in Christ who have children who are prodigals, one of the things I noticed was that they really want their kids back. They want to be able to have a relationship with their kids. And... But I did notice in many of them, not all of them, but in many, that there was this, um, it's almost like a complaining, like this child, this child's doing this, this child's doing this, but very little search my heart, oh God, and see if there's any wicked way within me. And so I just encouraged some of these women and I'm like, look, as a daughter with a mom who's kind of wayward um, and not very affectionate, just remember this thing. All daughters want to be loved. All sons want to be loved. We just have to figure out what we're doing that's pushing them away, right? And sometimes it may actually be nothing, but I think most of the time there's two sides going on. And so... Um, and one of the things that they said is to just start with forgive me and to own the areas where we've done wrong. That's pretty powerful. So um, I did learn a lot this week, and um, I did want to just kind of come to you today with another podcast and trying to keep up on this since things have calmed down in my life more. Um, but I hope that this helps you. I hope that you will take time to read Psalm 139. Because it's a really powerful chapter that can change your life. And I'm going to just extend that challenge that I had this week. 20 minutes a day for the rest of your life. Friends, that's really not a lot. That's a very little amount to, um, to dedicate to the Lord. And I think it's a really good place to start. So I'm actually going to um, pray for you. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you love us so much. Lord, I thank you that you that you are our anchor and the hope that anchors our soul in all walks of life, in all storms, that you're always there with us. And Lord, I thank you that you've sent your son to die for our sins so that we can have that hope. And Lord, I pray that if anyone here doesn't know you, that they will reach out to me, to a pastor, to a godly friend, and ask the question, how do I 
nail down my salvation and know that I am saved. And I want the Holy Spirit to walk with me through this life. Lord, I also pray that as we finish this podcast today, that those who are listening might be able to to really say this prayer right from your word. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, I thank you that you love us and I thank you for your word that is the anchor and the foundation for who I am in you, that I don't have to be a people pleaser, that I don't have to to be a certain way, to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to have a certain amount of money, Lord, you just love me for who I am, and I thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for all you do for us. Amen. All right, friends, that's our podcast for today. If you guys have any questions, feel free to email me at victoriouslivingcounseling at yahoo.com. Please like and subscribe to my podcast. That would make my day. And share with your friends because I want to get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. We're living in really scary times and people need God's word. And this is the whole reason I started this podcast. I don't get any money for it. I just do it because I want people to know and love God and to be able to find victory in their life, regardless of what their circumstances have been. Thank you guys, and I will see you at the next podcast.